Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Let's go. Do you know what I was just thinking there to myself? So if you're listening to this main, you're obviously a big fan um, <laughs> or a cheapskate. <laughs> but on our Patreon episode there, mm-hmm. we were talking about what stories we had and what we could talk about. And I was like, I could give you an update in the nine month, the nine month cruise. Oh, yeah. And then I didn't. Yes. Like we should edit those bits out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, no. It just brings everyone back. Yeah. They're like, they'll get around to it eventually. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Creep Dive. There's three of us. I'm Jen. Oh, D-W-Y-E-R. I'm Cassie Delaney. Lovely I'm to meet you. Sophie White. Best-selling author, Sophie White. I couldn't remember what my nickname was for a minute. How? It's been so long since we've introduced ourselves. This is a podcast. And it about must be so alienating to new people. I know. That's why I'm saying this Good, is a podcast about the weird and wonderful and the dark and deranged with a few sprinkles of Desperate sadness the odd time. <laughs> Today, I'd like to open with a brilliant Twitter thread. Yay. Wrong. Reddit. Reddit. The title is, Have You Ever Seen a Celebrity Acting Like a Bell End? Oh. Oh, great. <laughs> love a bit of it. You love to hear it. Have you ever? So here's re for merch. Not sure this counts, but I used to work in an electronics boutique in 2000 during the launch of the PS2. Demand was super high. Everybody had to fill out pre-order form, pay a deposit. We only got allocated stock based on ordered consoles. Anyway, so the afternoon before midnight release, 
there was a bit of a buzz. Loads of people coming in to ask could they get one, marvelling over the demo machine, etc. Anyway, the phone goes, I answer, and the voice at the other end says, Hey mate, it's Grant from Massive Attack. Just wondering when I can get my PS2. (laughs) (laughs) I, I asked if he'd ordered one. He assured me that he had. I checked all through the orders, couldn't find it. I asked him if he was sure it had been this shop. He was adamant it had been, even describing the shop. I was apologetic and said, look, we don't have any on record of an order, blah, blah. He cut me off and started with the, nah, mate, nah, I ordered it. I want it tomorrow. Demanding to speak to the boss, raised all kind of hell on the phone, said he would be there at midnight. If we didn't have a console for him, he would go mental. (laughs) Anyway, he didn't turn up, didn't have a pre-order at all. Was just trying to trade on his name to get one. Don't know if it came, so I thought of he was a bit of a bell end. He fucking was. So good. Here's is, is can I predict that this is gonna be a heavy James Corden thread? There's there oh, is James Corden. Have to be, yeah. Excellent. Okay, come on, give us give Paul Hollywood, total prick. Oh, oh I'd well believe it, yeah. Good. So Paul Hollywood used to come into my shop. People would ask him for pictures and he'd yell at them to just leave him alone, which I guess is fair enough. The staff, however, had to put up with his horrible attitude, once served him a bottle of vodka and asked if he wanted anything else, to which he just replied, just give me the fucking vodka. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> oh, a bit of cocaine, I'd say, Paul. Absolutely right. <laughs> Alleged. Uh, Eventually, he started sending his girlfriend in while he sat out in the convertible outside looking pissed off. (laughs) Although once he did come into the shop, bought three bags of Watsits, sat in the car outside, ate all three bags and threw the rubbish out the window and drove off (laughs) on a fucking dick. (laughs) That is deranged. What a total wanker. Uh, Hang on. (laughs) well i worked with him at a motorsport event a few years ago with paul with paul uh this is captain wow 247 uh whereby he drove one of our cars in front of a massive crowd he was massively entitled bell end to pretty much everyone and i thought he came across as a complete weapon having said that i was at a brands hatch a few months ago working and when he saw me on the grid he remembered my name still a cock though <laughs> hang on i'll get down to the uh <laughs> let's have a load i'm a tree surgeon writes mr james and one day danny dyer walks by <gasps> i love danny dyer. and he just goes cut them fucking trees boys <laughs> that is so danny dyer <laughs> edit danny dyer was not acting like a bell end he was just being cool as fuck <laughs> he was being cool as fuck I love him so much. This is bad. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Drive, driving into the middle of a funeral procession for a child who had drowned in a village next to where he lives. Everyone else, including myself, waiting patiently for the funeral cars to enter the churchyard. He drove straight through in his 4x4, up on the curb to get past. Obviously, he thought he was too important to wait. I can't oh stand him or any of his work to that day. God. Uh, Philip Schofield shushed me in 2008 when I was working on this morning. (laughs) Who's been silenced now, Phil? (laughs) David Walliams. Oh, yeah. Uh Oh, oh my God. This guy. Absolute bellend. Hang on, I'll come back to your 
so David Williams said to my dad but don't you know who I am when he was in my dad's taxi and expected not he was expecting not to have to pay what a fucking prick oh my god so here's uh, upstairs that's the jump. very least of David Williams lore oh yeah Ro- here's another person oh I drove him a few times when I was a chauffeur probably just before he got famous bad vibes off that dude he spent the entire journey talking about himself on the phone looking back now I honestly wonder whether anyone was on the other end of the line <laughs> So funny. <laughs> oh, I would do that. You know, I did a fake phone call in front of you guys. Uh, did we know? No, it didn't land. It was so annoying. <laughs> what? Did you just carry on and we just allowed the conversation? When was this? <laughs> give, us, give us the context. The context is that I sometimes I get little schemes up in my head and I'm all like, yeah, yeah. And I'm going around like scheme, scheming and loving it. <laughs> Basically, on our shows before Christmas, I knew that I had brought my Santa Gein mask <laughs> and was going to be appearing as Santa Gein. And oh, yeah. I was really excited. <laughs> about my little plan <laughs> I told you guys that we were having a special guest at the shows and uh, and I said to Jen at some point <laughs> like we were outside in the smoking area and I was like oh, I just have to liaise with this guest guy <laughs> and walked off on the no, phone I kind of like stayed <laughs> you just kind of nodded and then this guy was there in the smoking area annoying me and Jen was like, I'm going to get into the spirit of this guy. He was one of those like really old guys. Oh, yeah, of course. In the smoking area. And like, look, you're either me on a song. their buzz or you're not. Yeah. And if you're on their buzz, great. Have at it. Have a bit of fun with them. They'll make you sing a song. They'll sing you a song. Blah, blah, blah. I just wasn't in the mood. I tend not to be, as a sober person, that much in the mood for that person. Mm. And anyway, when he started annoying me and trying to make me sing a song, I pulled out my phone and said, oh, I have to get this. It's the uh, it's the guest. Do you not remember this? I do. And I, went I do back, remember this right, as well. Yeah. But here's how in deep I was. I went back. I just st- just stepped inside the pub, and to my right was like a window <laughs> that was looking directly onto the table where you were sat, Jen. And I proceeded to be on this fake phone call in the window for I'd say at least four or five minutes, just hoping and waiting that you'd notice and become even more intrigued. <laughs> About who the special guest was, I was really alone in it. I was, in, I was alone. I was really at. I think I was at a bit of a low ebb. <laughs> that is the most we've just become used to your behaviour story of all time. It wasn't an eye blink or a shrug. I was giving it. I mean, I could have. I don't know, like the acting that oh, I was doing on that fake phone call in that little window in that little nook in the pub. Jen was just out there vaping. <laughs> Bitch didn't care. Okay, go on, give us more, give us more. No, I'm not going to give you any more. What? Well, no, That's I just not decided. Fair. I just you decided. Can't just re- withdraw and just no fucking warning that this is the last one so that we can adjust ourselves. Oh, it. No, I won't give you any more. Okay, wait, though. Is, wait, is this a main or a hive? Can we give some of our own celebrity one? This is a main. main. Yes, you can. Oh, well, I was about to nominate your one. Which one was mine? The two-finger Kit Kat? <laughs> that one, but also the one of your... The one who was watching a video of herself on the phone? Oh, God, yeah, I'll tell both of them. Okay, I was working for <laughs> uh, a friend who was doing some photography. styling. Fi- yes, photographing celebrities. And a very big Irish celebrity by the name of was in. <laughs> is that her name? 
But yeah, it is. You're not supposed to give it out in a public episode. Well, whatever it happened, I'm allowed. It's weird because I remember this. Well, no, I'm not. You'd want to be dead fucking certain now if you're going to tell the story. Whatever. It's not. It wasn't that bad. So anyway, I was like doing the dog's body stuff, just getting bits of shite for people. And I was like, do you want anything? And she wanted a two finger Kit Kat from the shop, right? I was like, um... I think two finger Kit Kats come in multi packs and not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not qualified to uh, uh, procure a multi pack. I'm like, sure, but do you want to fuck a multi pack of these things, or can I just get you a four finger Kit Kat and you can break sure. it up in two? Or what's the lay of the land here? And uh, she was like, just, I just want a two finger Kit Kat. <laughs> um, so that was her. It's so psychotic, but I like to think that maybe that maybe I can see your side in this, okay? Because. There is a difference yeah. between a two-finger Kit Kat and two fingers of a Kit Kat. I'll give you two fingers. Two-finger Kit Kat, chocolate enrobed on all sides. Yeah. Okay. Two fingers of a Kit Kat have been broken away True. and often that like broken edge will be laid bare. Or contain more chocolate that it's is thieved from the other bit. one. It just depends, doesn't it? Depends. It's a risk. That she was not willing to take. You needed to sit down and share with her those ideas. It was just so fucking annoying. You could be like, look, I'll tell you what. And what did you do? I can't remember. I definitely said something under my breath to myself. Like, Shocking. I'll give you two fingers. <laughs> one in the pink and one, one in, in the, the stink. stink. And then the next one was I was in town. I was in the Herbert Park in Dublin in a playground or whatever playground with my kids. Just trying not to lose the will to live. And uh, I noticed a celebrity on a bench sitting alone. By the name of Brenda Fricker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't actually notice her. I noticed that I recognized a song that it was playing from her phone that she was watching. She was a musician. And I will run away. And she was kind of mouthing along. And I was like, no, that's your one out of the course. <laughs> watching herself. And maybe singing she along. Was a, maybe she was a lookalike and she was studying. That's an idea. It was definitely her. That and I had met her before and she is very nice. She was just having a weird moment <laughs> that I just happened to witness and tell everyone about. <laughs> so there you go. Thank you. Do you have any cast? I have some, but I'm not saying them publicly. Did I ever tell you about my Christopher Walken one? No. So I worked in a gallery in town and um, we were doing a show, Bob Dylan's show. It was all retrospective mm. of photographs of his stuff, of his, him through particular era of time. So he was, he was this curious character in the baseball cap. So I was like, I'll let him in, an old lad, real tall and spindly. And he came in and didn't even look at anything, just beelined directly to me, wanting to talk about currency. And <laughs> I was like, oh, hell what does this man want from me back and forth nonsense like absolute nonsense about the currency of uh, the, this American guy yeah. and I was like oh just another one of those people I'm trapped with now until I can get him out of this this glass box I'm in with him <laughs> back and forth and you wouldn't believe about where the money comes from and I can't even do his accent can anyone do it it was like stunted weird man uh, American you're right accent. he does have a really specific uh, uh, oh, do it Jen give it a, give uh, it a go I, can, uh, I, I can't even t- think of an, an American in my mind to even copy I don't know. I'm He's just Australian the whole time. Australian. I'm just constantly um, Australian. I did have. I have. So I have loads with Irish people from the years of miking people up that I can't. Like one that Sham 
just oh. cannot oh, you reveal. absolutely have to reveal no but what just, was the end of Christopher Walken so when I was like he, he was wanted to Walken. use the loo right so I was like oh we don't really technically have a loo but if you're in a bad way just use the fucking loo and so out you go technically a loo but it is well it was like not like a public loo. whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, so he kind of shuffled back in there and the other guy the other one other guy in the gallery came straight up and was like do you know who that guy is and I was like no fucking idea and he was like that fucking Christopher Walken and I was like well what are we supposed to do <laughs> what, like, what do we say something he's in to the loo. he's in the loo let's lock him in there <laughs> you, like, is there anything we need from him while he's here and uh, he, he just came out of the loo but he's so strange like there was no there was no way you could have said something like excuse me Christopher you- Walken can you sign and you couldn't he was like on a different it, he was existing in a different plane of existence like there was no back and forth in yeah. our conversation it was just stream of weird coming at me oh, i am so jealous of what his existence must be like oh it was wild i just want to be way up there on a different plane oh yeah know. yeah just operating this right so i won't tell you anything about the irish people because it'll get back to people and just if you want if you ever see me in a smoking area ask me who's rude and i'll give you a strong list of mm-hmm. who's rude and who's nice and what's not and who've met yeah but i just remembered that there was this one time I was in town, I was in college in DIT, I was in town pottering around and myself and a friend went into, do you remember BT2 on Grafton Street? Yeah. Wandering around, did a very empty, it was very quiet during the day and like we should have probably been in college and the next thing there's security guards and the front is locked and they mustn't have realized that we were in there and it was closed down for a private shopping event and here i am stumbling around with my backpack (laughs) looking at things in bt2 that i can't afford because miley cyrus was in the shop right (laughs) so my friend beeline for it she was playing in the three arena at the time what year was this Oh, this is in, this is probably 2009, 2010. Oh, wow. So like way back, way, way back. Early Miley. Maybe 2011, around that time. I mean, I was in college for a long time, 2008 till some years later. And did you come out of there with the qualification? Did you? Did I what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a podcaster now. (laughs) Um, Had a great time. Um, But anyway, yeah. So my friend made a beeline for, for Miley. She was one of the rudest people I've ever met in my entire <gasps> life. She, Blaheen was my friend's name. And she turned around. She's like, oh, I couldn't get tickets to your gig. She's a real chatterbox. She's like, I really wanted to go see you in the three minutes. I couldn't get tickets. And Miley looked her up and down and went, I'm glad. And then <gasps> Blaheen got the photo with her. And then, <laughs> then, then on the I mean, these are like, you've probably got three <laughs> likes on Instagram, right? This is like early days of the gram. And uh, then she looked at me and she was like, I suppose you want a photo as well. And I was like, no, I was like, I don't actually. But I was like, I'll go for one anyway to say she's she's not even up to my tit. Like she's so small. And it was one of the most awkward <laughs> photos I you're like, ever to see taken. This photo. Surely oh, it's somewhere. It's, it's on and on. like I didn't have I deleted Instagram then after that. So not after that specific instance, but years <laughs> later. But I, it must exist somewhere. It must I bet Blawheen's the kind of person who still have Facebook. Hey, Blawheen, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I just love Blawheen. Pushing Being through. absolutely unstoppable. Shot down. Yeah. Back and Miley just went through her. Yeah, and Blawheen's still glad. like, I'll get the picture. I'll get the picture. I'll get the picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Rude Miley Cyrus is was one of my celebrity encounters. That's a brilliant one. Totally forgot about know. that. Yeah. I met Miley Cyrus. I've got. Um, I don't have. Like, 
I feel like I've told mine. Like I asked uh, Justin through to take a picture of me and my friends. That's right. I remember this. <laughs> and he was so confused. And I should have known. Do you, have I told you this before, Cass? No. I was at this like fashion show in New York and I was there. I had just met these two journalists. I was on like a trip of journalists covering it. And like we were all having a great time like in the crowd watching. And then... I was like, oh, we should get a picture. And like, I think I, it was before I had a sm- smartphone even. So I had a camera. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we should get a picture. And like, I just asked this guy in a leather jacket if he'd take a picture of me and my friends. And he just had the weirdest, weirdest response, like reaction. He didn't say, he just kind of went, he's kind of paralyzed. And then he kind of nodded and took the camera. And like, I should have known, like he was very tanned. Yeah, that's the yeah. key. He, yeah, he was really tanned. And the thing is, and I became such an insane leftovers fan after, way after this. Tragic. Tragic. If I had only met him now, I would have smelled his hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have told him how much the leftovers meant to me. He touched his but, jacket. Um, it was very funny. He was kind of game. He kind of gamely took the pic yeah. and handed me back the phone, the picture, the camera. And then I turned back and the guy beside me was like, do you not even know what you just did there? <laughs> and then the other one was like really awful. And it's this thing that I, every night again, you know, those nights when... Um, you decide to go through every single thing that you have done yeah, in wrong. your entire Something, life. Yeah. This is a this is one that commonly comes up on those nights. So I was dispatched to interview Maeve Higgins. Oh yeah. Um sorry if I told you this before. No, no. Um just recognize it who was she is. After um Extraordinary came out. Yeah. The film she wrote and starred in with Will Forte, mm-hmm. who I do quite fancy. fancy. Um, not even in the looks, more so just his energy. I just think we'd be really good together. Uh. <laughs> and, um, and obviously, I'm shit scared of Maeve Higgins because she's fucking brilliant mm-hmm. and terrifying intellect and very, very mm. funny and cool. So anyway, I was dispatched. I was interviewing her for Image Magazine and I got to the place. It was like a house on Marion Square um, or yeah, and it was I didn't realize I thought it was just going to be like I'm here I'll just get I have my recorder I'm going to interview my Higgins or they'll probably give me 15 20 minutes or something and then it turned out it was more of a junkety thing so you know you see them online those interviews <clears throat> with celebrities where they're sitting in front of the poster of their film yeah and there's some journalist opposite them and it's filmed so those things take place they the celebrities will pitch up to a location they'll stay there all day and journalist after journalist after journalist just comes in and they you get a five minute slot and they film them and every every outlet gets their videos back right away so that's what I basically was suddenly sucked into I wasn't prepared for this didn't realize it's going to be on camera didn't realize that Will Forde was going to be there either <gasps> and so basically the whole thing was turned on his head I was like this is not what I was planned for at all and so basically they brought me in to and I tried to tell them that I didn't want the video yeah and um, but they kind of were like no just like just get on with it and shut up and come on and so they kind of was pulled into this room that was like pitch black with all of the vi- camera lights camera men huge crew for some reason it was so intimidating Maeve Higgins Will Forte sitting right there I am like falling over every stray wire and piece of antique furniture in my vicinity trying to get to the chair I think it took me about eight minutes to get from the door to the chair it was absolutely terrifying and then I had this complete like (laughs) 
just like mind went on hiatus and when I came to it seems that I was doing my crow impression <laughs> for Maven Will and <laughs> had enough awareness to be like are you doing a bird impression and I was going ah, 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 ah. what were they doing <laughs> they looked like truly is this somebody's make a wish <laughs> <laughs> So I think what had happened was I was searching desperately for something to say and I like was just thrown. I was so thrown. I wasn't supposed to be on camera with celebrities. And anyway, there was a crow in the film and I think I said something like how I really love how I love the crow motif in the film and um, I love crows. Then <laughs> <laughs> went ah, 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 ah. Oh God. And I truly often think about how one day that feel, that video might surf, resurface oh, I hope it's somewhere and it'll be one like an account online will be like oh my god lol at this loser <laughs> with her yeah. anyway sorry thank you thank you sorry no, no. that's good this is got it's I'm thinking now about all the others you forget them you do forget people. them you unless forget you've them. kind of been telling them over and over and over yeah, again. Yeah, and the, the work stuff, like the junkets. I met um, Samantha from Sex and the City. Oh, she's a, she's a bit mad. Uh, pleasant, but like very strange. She, uh, she looked dead down the camera and said something really funny. I can't remember what it was. <gasps> it's like, like, a, like, a, like a hopeful quote to the listeners. And it was like, there is... I need to find the video. The video's definitely still there in the place he used to work for. Um, Richard E. Grant, gentleman. Naturally. Absolutely lovely. The cast Memoir of Harry Potter. Pocket full of happiness. The, ca- the, the, the cast, cast of, of Harry Potter. Potter. Yeah, for work. What were they like? Lovely. Very nice. It was after one. The twins. Very, very nice. Uh, the, oh, I can't remember their name. The Weasley Fred twins. The Weasley twins. Weasley, yes. yeah. Did a did a little sit down interview with them. They were lovely. Yeah, all very good. You do meet. So the there cast. really was two of them, was there? There was two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a bit of movie magic. Got a, got a little uh, got a little picture with the, me in the middle. <laughs> little Weasley twin sandwich. The two of them barely up to your tit, were they? <laughs> <laughs> Just Cassie meeting tiny tiny celebrities. <laughs> well, they have to fit on the TV somehow. And to bring you to a story where lookalikes are important. Yes. Excellent segue. Segue. I'm going to tell you one of these bank robberies that I think is absolutely genius from a man called Anthony Curcio, who um, is now an American author, public speaker and motivational, you know, person in general. Um, He was born in Washington in 1980 and as a teenager, very popular, talented, was captain of the football team and the basketball team at Monroe High School. Uh, he broke many records in the sporting field and uh, was was generally like well liked and a very successful teenager. Hmm. He went on to play football at the University of Idaho, which was his childhood dream. And all was uh, all was going well until he suffered a ligament tear right? and it ended his obviously his college football career and introduced him to Vicodin. Uh-oh. So he quickly became addicted to prescription pills and after he began experimenting with withdrawals and even injured himself unintentionally by kicking an oak coffee table repeatedly in order to obtain more pills. 
So um, he was in and out then. His family sent him to drug rehabilitation facilities. So uh, unfortunately, though, he... He he was he was completely addicted and the, the painkiller addiction took over and everything he did was with the view to accessing more drugs. Oh, jeez, I know the way. So, um, yeah, his addiction progressed over the years and then so too did his involvement in illegal activities. So by his by his mid 20s, he'd already had several thefts on his records, scams, loan sharking, all that kind of stuff. Right. So. Things are things were dire for um, Anthony, but he pulled off what I think is one of the most. Well, I think he had an idea, which I think is one of the most impressive I've ever seen for Pray a bank tell. robbery. So, for three months, Anthony observed a Brinks armored car as it made its deliveries to the Bank of America branch in Monroe. So he took notes of the schedule of the car. He was doing a diagram of the locations that will pull up into the location of the bank's cameras. He noted where there were blind spots and he also sat down and figured out how much money was being transferred uh, and how much he estimated was coming out of the ATM. So like what better, you know, what is the best best to to strike essentially? So he was looking at the police protocol around responses to bank robberies and what they might do. And he then was obviously contemplating his getaway. So for weeks he spent, um, he was looking at a nearby creek in Woods Creek and um, thinking about how he could potentially use the creek as a getaway. So he attempted using a jet ski in a practice run, but it wasn't, didn't feel it was fast enough. So he developed a pulley cable system that allowed him to quickly pull himself and large bags of cash upstream using a connected um canvas wrapped inner tube so like it's like a big dinghy essentially that you would use in like sports on the on water sports Mm -hmm. not dissimilar to a banana boat so he like jockeyed that all up around the creek had this whole pulley system so he had his timing to a t he was able to pull himself by hand he'd pull himself on the the pulleys yeah yeah but he'd get like a good distance away that's genius be able to escape so he's yeah. not hitting the roads he's not, not hitting, hitting the, the roads no one would think to go down and check the creek right? i love it now not only was that really clever it's very tom sawyer <clears throat> just before the bank robbery he took to craigslist and he saw he put up an ad seeking 15 to 20 workers for a fictitious city cleanup project he promised the workers 28 50 an hour they were told to wear jeans, a blue shirt, work shoes and a yellow safety vest. And they told the applicants they needed to bring safety goggles and a painter's mask. So he directed them to meet at the Bank of America parking, um, the, the par- car park at the time he was planning to rob the armored car. So on the 30th of September 20, 2008, Anthony dressed identical to all the decoys. Jesus, pretended to work. Deadly. It's so clever, isn't it? Pretended to work the grounds near the bank. Wearing a blue shirt, jeans, yellow safety vest, work boots and a painter's mask. Then he pepper sprayed the armored car guard who was pushing a dolly loaded with money to the bank. The pepper spray forced the guard to reach for his eyes and release the cart that he held. He grabbed two bags of money containing more than $400,000 and then ran towards the creek. Meanwhile, the police arrive and they're just met with 15 to 20 men who fit the description of the robber. Absolutely amazing. amazing. Fucking clever, isn't it? He had also jockeyed up his... His... Um, 
rig out like his outfit was done on velcro so we did the quick release pull off thing oh, so like very quickly the able to attention pull off to detail here is so chef's stunning kiss. isn't it yeah so at the water's edge he threw the money into the tube pulled himself up the creek with the cables he'd previously strung he got about 200 yards upstream and exited the creek behind several businesses on the opposite side of the highway from the bank so he removed his wig and workers' clothes that had been attached by Velcro, revealing an entirely different outfit underneath. We love a reveal. Nice. He climbed onto the trunk of a getaway. He climbed into the trunk of a getaway vehicle and with an associate and left. The the whole careful planning and unusual getaway gained national attention. The timing of the robbery they were it was really impressive. The timing of the robbery was incredible. And um they nicknamed him DB Tuber. After, like D.B. Cooper. Cooper. Very yeah, <laughs> good. famous, which we've covered before. The 1970s hijacker who um, hijacked a plane, parachuted out, never to be seen again. Uh, but How much money, money did D.B. Cooper get again? Oh, a rake of money, but the, the notes have never been traced. Uh-huh. They've never found them in circulation again. They, we know the way they've got the, the serial numbers on them or whatever. So all was going extremely well for D.B. Um, D.B. Tuber or the Craigslist, the Craigslist robber, as they call him. But like he, he was like just really impressive. People were like fair fucking play to you. It's kind of like a Robin Hood thing. If you're yeah, stealing like, from the listen, bank and it's you earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his undoing came about a month after the bank robbery when a was homeless man reported to police that before the robbery, he had seen a man drive up to the Bank <gasps> of America and um, retrieve a disguise from behind a bin. The man found it suspicious enough to write down the license plate number of oh. the car, which he later provided to police. The car was registered to Anthony. What the man had seen was one of Anthony's practice runs to ensure proper timing of the heist. God, oh, so no. close. Yeah, so very, very so close. close. Um, so Obviously, because it was America, he was probably sentenced to death, was he? <laughs> well, well <laughs> they just love America. Money. <laughs> He was sentenced to 72 months in prison. Oh. But like that evidence would have been circumstantial, um, except he was still at the robberies. So just as he returned from, from Las Vegas, the FBI began surveilling him as a suspect for that robbery. So they retrieved his DNA from a drink bottle disposed of by Anthony at a petrol station and compared it to the DNA from the mask and wig discarded a short distance so from the scene of the robbery. Unbelievably DNA close. Matched and he was arrested. In Washington, getting out of a luxury SUV with $17,000 in cash. Now, I will say... Imagine walking around just having seventeen. Imagine having just 7000 Just the wages. Seven, seven, just $7 just in cash. Like, yeah, any of it. Any cash. Um, so he was... Yeah, he was... Sentenced so to 17 close. in federal prison for that. We support you. But well, now, tell us about his motivational speaker career. So he now... Is he on Insta? Probably is Anthony J. Curcio. Um, yeah, I'm sure he is. Here he is in 2014 giving, and he's <laughs> he's very good looking. Is it Curcio with a C or a K? C U or C I O. So, do you have Italian any- going on there? Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit. He's um. Yeah, let me see. Does he probably has a website? Well, he's got a LinkedIn. Tell us, he does. Slow opening here, guys. Now, let me tell you another one. Yeah, this one is is uh, is affectionately known as the three hundred million yen robbery. Um, this is again. It it seems to be the weak part of the of the 
of the money delivery system is when they're taking it from the car into the bank. Yeah. I see. There yeah. has to be a smarter way to do that. Underground tunnel, anybody? Well, <laughs> I've got a guy. So this one is in uh, 1968, on the 10th of December, in, I cannot... It's in Japan, right? It's in Tokyo. And it's it's a very specific bank branch. And I'm not going to try and pronounce the name of it. But bank employees were transporting just shy of 300 million yen, which was about $817,000. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Uh, and they were transferring in the trunk of a Nissan Cedric company car okay. in those metal boxes, you know? Okay. That just seems like a really casual car to be. I guess it was in a metal box. They, they were, were in like, the metal oh, boxes. Well. They were fine or whatever. And it's in the 60s. So um, the young men in the in who were transporting this were uh, just about to go into the bank when a police officer pulled up on a motorbike and stopped the car about 200 meters from its destination in a street um, next to actually the Tokyo prison. So the police officer informed the bank employees that their bank branch manager's house had been destroyed by an explosion and a warning had been received that an explosive device might have been planted in the car. <laughs> so he got all the four employees to get out of the vehicle and the police officer crawled under the car to examine it for an explosive thing. Moments later, he comes running out, shouting that the car was about to explode. There's smoke and flames coming from underneath the car. So he gets them all to evacuate the car and run away from it as fast as they can. So they all retreated. He got into the car and drove away. (laughs) Genius, isn't it? So the plan all along. So he had set like a smoke bomb. Spoiler, he was not a police officer. He was just a man in a policeman's uniform on a motorbike. Um, So the the bank employees believed, obviously, that he had been a police officer and accepted the story about the bomb because threatening letters had been sent to the bank manager beforehand. 
the smoke and the flames turned out to be just a flare that he had ignited whilst under the car very clever at some point he abandoned the bank's car and transferred the metal boxes to another car that was also stolen beforehand that car too was abandoned and the boxes transferred once again to another previously stolen vehicle there were 120 pieces of evidence left at the scene of the crime including the police motorbike which had been painted white However, the evidence was primarily common everyday items scattered on purpose to confuse the police investigation. A 19 year old man, the son of a police officer, was suspected of the robbery, um, but he just because he had no alibi. However, there was he died later of potassium cyanide poisoning huh? in, later that year, actually only a few days later. Um, and the money was not found near him or anywhere near his death. Um, and did they believe he died by suicide? they'd believe he died by suicide and was considered not guilty according to official records. So I guess maybe the pressure and the, like the suspicion that he was guilty panicked him. Um, there was a massive police investigation, like photos posted, a list of suspects, including over a hundred thousand names, 170,000 policemen participated in the investigation. It was the largest investigation in Japanese history. And um, there was examination of fingerprints gathered from the scene and comparison to those on file. Six million fingerprints were compared individually, but no matches were found. On December 12th, 1969, a year later, a 26 year old man was suspected. He was arrested on an unrelated charge, but he had an alibi. The robbery occurred on the day he was taking a proctored examination. So uh, arrests were made. That arrest was made. But the arresting officer was accused of abuse of power and he was let go. And so yeah i think to this day never been caught get out so scot free yeah scot free isn't that beautiful you love I to love hear it to hear them getting away don't you what is it it's, it's just because they hate the banks yeah they're fucks mm. who fuck us true and anytime that they get fucked we're we all have it. to dig them back out of it well that's true they're stupid pricks so at least one guy gets so off somebody getting one over on a bank i support it listen anthony's written a book oh go on heist and high it's very i think they could have done better with the title i know yes but it is all about his struggle with addiction yeah and so yeah it's um it's uh it's on amazon and it's all about his descent from a life full of promise into the hell of prescription drug addiction and the need to do anything even rob an armored truck for what he thought would be that one last fix Mm. i really want to know more about this guy but actually like i don't know i'm not finding him overly available on the internet and i want him to motivate me (laughs) Like, I want to seek his services. He's know? the guy. Well, He's the guy. Thank you, Cassie. Hold on. I've got, I've got, I've got, There's I've more. got a few more. But I'll tell you this one just because I loved this one. Uh, very briefly, there was another man called, um, I'm not going to get into his, but uh, Salam Kara. He, uh, he basically was a man who fixed, and I'm intrigued by this one because this is what my dad does. He fixed the ticket machines in um, like the Lewis and the train stations and stuff like that. And yeah. that's what this man did. So he had access to like where the coins were going in and he got a car antenna and a magnet and he would just take a couple of coins from every machine that he that he was serviced. fixed it was so it was like a neg- negligible amount but sure how much money could he possibly have stolen wait for it what did he do with the car antenna and the magnet sorry so he dumb. stuck it down um 
he stuck it. Yeah, but if he was fixing the machine, could he not just open the machine? I, no, because I then it would have been a separate was, lock for the money. He did it for years oh. and he got away with it because it was never a significant amount to warrant any suspicion. Just so it's just the machines the would be, um, sorry, I accidentally closed that tab with him. It, the, the machines would just be down a little bit, but like you just write it off. Do you know what I mean? And he had in total over a period of a several years stolen two million dollars worth wow yeah in uganda holy god yeah so he yeah i love that story but let me just i just want to tell you this very very quickly is uh the great buenos aires bank heist and there's a film based on this one so uh there were uh, two men primarily involved in this one. I'll get it. I'll get it very, very. One was called Fernando Arahoa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but bear with. And he was the one who started kind of concocting the plan back in 2003. So he obviously he'd looked he'd looked at a bank. Oh, this is actually a beautiful theme has emerged from the last couple of episodes. He'd looked at this bank mm-hmm. and he wanted to rob it. And he wanted to come up with a really clever way to do it. So he started exploring the sewage tunnels underneath the bank and he rented a house nearby so that he could uh, so that he could properly investigate them. He posed as an architecture student and he called the public public works agency to get information on how the grand the ground might handle tunnels. And then he convinced a local motorcycle mechanic to join his team as a civil engineer. And they calculated how to drill 15 meters diagonally into the bank. So under the pretense of it being studious and them exploring tunnels or hobby tunnelists or whatever, they began digging tunnels underneath to the to the bank, essentially Jeez. making their uh, essentially being able to get into the building's basement and their sewers and um, like to access the, the vaults of the bank. So their plan was coming together. They found more men to be part of the heist. A, a man called Ruben uh, Latour was recruited as the muscle. Louis Mario or Mario was um, was designated police negotiator. They recruited another man referred to as the doc and just bringing in all these like sophisticated thieves, essentially. So after years of planning on this, they... Um, a plan emerged so rather than going through the sewer to exit local to local waters they began digging deeper tunnels right into like underneath the city and then they brought an old van and customized it to have a floor hatch so they could park it above a manhole and directly climb into the vehicle with ever going out to the street so they recruited another man as a driver um, for that van so essentially they've spent like they started this in 2003 it's 2006 when they go to pull off the robbery they've spent three years digging these like as far as anyone has considered completely uh okay tunnels from the bank into the sewer figured out their route through the sewers find a manhole and then a carefully constructed van life project <laughs> that has no that has a hole in it is going to allow them to go from the manhole straight into the van and then drive off as genius. if it's a cartoon like it is yeah. just a genius but what they did 
in the actual th- the 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 actual bank robbery was even better so on friday january 13 2006 2006 all the other guys who weren't in the tunnels who had been brought into this heist stormed through the front door of the bank guns in hand ready to take hostages okay they ordered everyone to get on the floor uh, including the bank manager and then they told um then they were trying to get them to bring them down to the basement so uh Ahero and and Beto were on the bank's ground level managing hostages and securing exits. Oh, so their plan was never to go in via the tunnels. The plan was to escape well, via the tunnels. They're up there with basically causing a commotion, right? Okay. Police obviously descend upon the bank. And then they begin these fake, the, the, the police negotiator begins these fake negotiations with the cops to get more time. So he threw on a fake mustache and glasses to throw off the police and snipers to the bank window. And they're like, yeah, we'll release two hostages, whatever. Meanwhile, down in the basement, they're there using a special cannon to break open the deposit boxes as quickly as possible. Uh, so they're just like out there taking things and they'd cracked open 143 boxes by the time it was um, time to escape. So your man who's negotiating the police is like, bring us some pizzas, bring us some soda. We'll have a little food and then we'll surrender. So the bank. But did the guys upstairs have guns? Yes, but not real guns. <gasps> okay. So they knew that they would so get a lesser. Okay. If they got caught, they get a lesser sentence. So essentially they oh. go and they storm the bank. They they hold up this heist. They say, take us to wherever they are. So they're like, the guys are already inside. They think inside. that this heist is taking place, but, but actually, actually another heist is taking place. Like, and they're negotiating through to pizza. Be one of the guys that's actually there upstairs. well i don't the robbers um splash chlorine throughout the bank to cover the dna and tossed random strands of hair so, but i mean like they're getting so much and because they've used fake guns up there they knew that they would get a lesser sentence so were they planning to escape or surrender though the guys upstairs they were planning to escape out the tunnel no i think they were always there as a as a decoy and they were going to go out and surrender maybe just do like do a slight amount of time okay but because there's nothing to connect them to the lads downstairs they could just be like that was a coincidentally a another heist (laughs) (laughs) now hold on let me let me tell you if they got away properly so the robbers uh where was i lost oh yeah he's at the stage where he's like bring us some pizzas bring us some soda we'll have a little food and then we'll surrender the robbers splash chlorine throughout the bank to cover their DNA and toss random strands of hair around to throw off the crimes, crime scene investigators. It just like fucking crime 101. Bring someone else's DNA into yeah, the situation. There's some like, great touches really good, yeah. here. Never knew that they, about chlorine. Oh, they did. They Sorry, they ran down then and they escaped into their tunnels and into the sewer without a trace. Uh, so two small boats, one with a motor awaited them, but the motor wouldn't start. So the men had to paddle through the sewer, sewer to reach their van, which was 14 blocks away. To crawl through um, 10 miles of shit. But they did, they the successfully made it to the van and drove to their safe house. And the police thought they were still inside. So um, the men all divided the money evenly amongst themselves and parted ways. Uh, and authorities were initially absolutely baffled by the escape. They didn't even realize the gang had tunneled out until a bank worker spotted a piece of out of place furniture covering the hole. Genius. So they bought themselves loads the of time. time. Yeah. yeah. So in it, they found booby traps and a note from a hero that read in Spanish in a rich neighborhood without weapons or grudges, just money. It's just money and not love. So 
picture perfect job the take was massive the police had no leads Much no one had get? been injured and they seemed to have gotten away with the heist of the century and would be able to enjoy it except for oh, no. one loose end so in the weeks after the robbery Beto noticed something amiss and he said I came back home one day and my my stash is out of place <gasps> I saw the stack of money had dropped quite a bit and his wife Alicia had admitted to him that she had taken about $300,000 <gasps> of the cash and some safety deposit loot without asking permission. They had been together for 18 years but had gotten into a massive argument. Oh. And Vito demanded that she bring back what she'd taken immediately and left the house with his remaining loot in a huff. And then she called the police and turned him in. <gasps> no! She yeah. is screwing herself as well. Yeah. Yeah. So God, uh, it is the ultimate fuck you though. It was the end of it. That was You know the when the fuck them is gonna fuck you so much, but you're so fucked up with them that you don't care. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what did them in. And in two thousand and ten, Beto was sentenced to fifteen years in prison. Herrero was given fourteen, some of the others got ten, nine, um, one was given fourteen. So All the doc work. The guy who was referred to as the doc and another fellow who was involved in the van who was called the kid was never um caught was never caught and they got their share i'm assuming they got to keep their share because if they couldn't catch them then you know oh i hope but after, somebody's having a nice time yeah i mean if you're gonna pull off a heist of that uh, that size even you gotta if you're get going out. into prison well, you got like get you're out. sort of a legend yeah it's and that's like you're you know just a random pedo yeah. coming in to get the heat head beaten off you you're kind of royalty yeah, I think a, a well-constructed heist is is the creme de la creme of crimes, especially if you rob from a bank. It's a victimless crime. And you should be allowed also, to keep some of it after you've served your time. <laughs> the work you that went in should. But you know what you should do is, if you do get sentenced, is you should treat that time inside as kind of like a bit of a, an almost... Not paid internship, but like your costs are being covered. Mm. You've got a lot of time here to work on the next job. True. Figure it all out. Use your time inside. You know, work smarter, not harder. Escape, perhaps. Well, you could escape or you could just plan, you know. Round two. Really pulling it off this time. Yeah, really getting good. I can't believe there's been no movies made of any of those. Such a feel good crime. The last one is, there's a documentary on the last one. The Spanish Lads? Yeah. Okay. Argentina. Or Buenos Aires, where is that? Um, South America. South America. America. Um, The, I love Anthony. I don't know why he's really, really kind of, he's stuck, he's he's stuck stuck with me. Um, His little story and I feel like, why didn't he sell the rights to his book? Like, why isn't that a film? I just think it's so clever. All the elements of it, the escape, the decoy. The decoys is genius. Do you know what was good about Anthony's as well? Yeah, there's like a deeper story about addiction and recovery. Exactly. That's a whole, you're right. That's a great story. It's a brilliant film. Um, Thank you. Are you going to take us out with something good, Sofo? I don't know how are we doing on time. We have, but I think that's it because this is split in two. But we've 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 done an hour there. That's Will I take you out on the nine month cruise and just oh yes, please do. I'll do scandal so. on the high seas for next um next Excellent. episode. So the nine month cruise um is this uh wonderful. Oh, just wait for them Sorry, the excitement outside there. I love getting new toys. Seb's got a new toy. Papa's um, got a brand new bag. So the nine month cruise 
has taken over TikTok and it's some of the most entertaining uh, but banal drama you could ever come across. It's just <laughs> like TikTok has given us access to petty shit all over the world that is just oh it's just and once something ends another thing begins and it's just the whole magical. concept of I haven't told you about my new podcast idea <gasps> okay it's really niche okay and I'm gonna find it I know I'll struggle to get it off the ground but if any creeps are listening and they think they like the sound of this and they want to produce and do the whole thing I'll be your biggest listener okay here's the okay the, ter- the area of interest is Irish theatre okay yeah it's an exciting very gossipy scene very niche Mm -hmm. but it's look the main thing with any podcast as we all know is in the name yeah i've come up with the name for the podcast that's going to detail you know local gossip in irish theater heavy pettying 100 years very good irish theater being a messy bitch yeah no that's but if you you can put it into anything like you can somebody can just use heavy pettying and make a podcast about it and i'll just be your fan petty stuff is uh is i i live for it um, so for anyone who hasn't been on TikTok or hasn't known anything about the nine month cruise, basically it's the Royal Caribbean ultimate world cruise. It's taking place on the serenade of the sea ship and it's taking, it's set to take passengers to over 60 countries across all seven, seven continents. There are four legs of the cruise, the Americas, which kicked off on the 10th of December to the 11th of February. Americas. Asia Pacific, which goes from 11th of February to May 9th. So they go Middle straight East, in. There's no Middle, gap. There's no gap. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, then they go to the Mediterranean after the Middle East they go to the Mediterranean and then Europe and beyond and people can opt to join any part of the tour which was a rule that was only introduced very like very very close to the ship's departure so this nine month cruise is absolutely extortionately priced give me cheapest option for can't be worse than Olivia Rodrigo in April in three arena I'm looking at a resale <laughs> ticket for 200 quid. Oh. It's a little worse. Um, it's marginally worse than that. It's, no, it cannot be worse. I, for nine months, 60 grand is entry. 60 Six. grand is the cheapest. Mm-hmm. And now when More we say More expensive options entry, go up to 117, 118,000 per person. And guys, for 60 grand. For 60 grand now, all in food, everything. Yes. Think about your... No, think about this. The saving you're a making. A windowless on. interior room. For nine months. <laughs> on a moving petrol fumed ship. Hotel, essentially. Surrounded by some on of the, the most annoying people ever born. <laughs> so you're basically inside Dundrum Town <laughs> Shopping Centre. For nine months. <laughs> but the crowd will not change. The, you are the groundhog daying yourself for 60 grand. How many uh, people are there here on this ship? Like, do we know what's the capacity? Oh, great question. I'm not sure. I'll check that while like, you go you know, on. Is it a kind of a cast of 200 people or like 200,000? The thing is, it is chaos on this ship. Two and a half thousand guests. Oh my God. So basically school. Like school. school was Secondary two school. Two and a half thousand people. Yeah. yeah. No escape. No escape. No nine escapes. Months. That's school. You're in school and inside Dundrum Town Shopping Center. There has been, you know, when you're with when you're with that amount of people on the open seas for that long, I, I can't imagine that only you take a law upon yourselves. Like it's a different custom of the sea. Like a society has formed, and with that, different hierarchies and whatever else, and they've they've had to create their own world order to mm-hmm. deal with themselves <laughs> for nine months, and so they have. What has happened is the people who originally bought their expensive 
stint on the ship it was you could only do the nine months there was no getting on and off they only wanted serious cruisers and as they got closer <laughs> no time wasted no time wasted just people are willing to commit to the nine months entirely you and will then, have this holiday then when they got closer they hadn't sold enough tickets so they started opening up different legs where people could jump on and off the ship and they could come for just little things like totally diluting half on, half off bus, yes yeah. but diluting the premise of the nine month cruise <laughs> just you know dissolving it down to just a, a reg- I guess a regular stupid cruise and so this pissed <laughs> off the people who um pissed off the people who bought their original tickets for multiple reasons first of all yeah. the people who are buying only stints of the or different legs they're known as the leggers um, <laughs> they are obviously not in the same not considered to be in the same financial <clears throat> bracket as the people who've been able to afford the nine months and things so there's been this incredible like it's only been going on for a little while Weeks. and there's just been this incredibly like classist drama that has that has come from it but already with your so what's really interesting about these cruises is you can inherit a super traveler like a badge like a platinum level traveling cruiser right mm-hmm. your dad let's say went on 100 cruises he dies and you inherit his platinum level. So that level on a cruise gets you your own special restaurants that only other platinum level guests can attend. You eat different food, you go to different areas, you've got better rooms, you've got specific butlers that bring you around. You've access to things that other, the other leggers don't. How do you prove that you've been on all these other cruises or does it have to be with the company? It's with the company, but you are like the staff are, the whole fucking staff drama is a whole other thing of this because they have to learn off who the platinum travelers are they know their names they make sure that they're waited on hand and foot I j- it's the dyna- it's the class it's, it's wars the class that's wars going on insane but so like, like presumably like even you know your cheapest legger is still a wealthy person yes so that's, it's, that's why it's, it's so it's comical the wealthy feuding with the very wealthy and it's, it's the have got, and the have yachts it's the, it's the wealthy person <laughs> it's the wealthy feuding with the like exceptionally just absolutely bizarre wealthy that are like there was one it's kind of started and started to gain notoriety on tiktok because there was one black creator so there's a couple of people who were there who were like vlogging from the cruise and oh, bringing you this like shit just in. and then there's people who are following the the bloggers who are coming from the to, like the the ship and compiling it all together into um what they're calling a nine-month reality tv show and what is it they call it? ship happens i think is what they're <laughs> what they're calling it on the thing and so there's people now who've dedicated themselves to just giving you the recap of what's gone down on the ship oh, during shit. the day and can you watch them on youtube i'm sure you can but they it started off with with I not minor not but it's TikTok. it started off because some of the black creators were like if i'm asked am i working on this ship one more oh. fucking time then someone's gonna go over the edge right <laughs> but then besides the class wars and besides just the behavior of exceptionally obnoxious rich people you have to bear in mind that it's just free drink essentially all day long because their their thing covers it and they're essentially on a big floating pub um 
So things are going crazy. There was rumors then about a COVID outbreak on the ship. You've got to consider all of that when you're living in such close proximity to insane people. And then this week there was flooding on the ship because obviously the North Sea is going viral for being very treacherous at the moment. (laughs) She's a messy bitch. She's a messy bitch. And so people who've been on the ship in their fancy sea, like in, in their fancy like window rooms have had to move into lesser rooms because they've the, the, the ship has flooded in some of these fancy areas so it is just look it's drama oh yeah it was um it's brandy lake who's one of the creators who said if i get asked if i work on the ship one more fucking time it's mm. going to be a long nine months um so the royal caribbean <laughs> have not actually commented according to time have not responded to comment yet and the cruise ship is now making its war away to antarctica um <gasps> Amazing. So there's, I think people Have you heard about the guy. He's a big TikToker. He went on. He's gone on to the ship. He he's, got a, got a brand deal. Some brand deal <laughs> sent him on, yeah. but he is tearing strips off the ship, which is kind of shabby. Like, well, he said that people won't speak to him because he's a legger. Like, and he's like coming in. He's um, you know, he's not being taken seriously, and because he's obviously someone with a platform, basically a book company sponsored him, and we're like, if you go in and like pretend that you're reading all the time, and like, so he's doing like <laughs> he's doing like these book reviews, and he's like, here's what I'm reading amongst the drama, and yada yada oh, yada. Amazing. Um, he says that no one will speak to him because he's obviously just a blow in, and that they've just created their whole weird, like weird awful society on this cruise and guys we're only a month in we've got eight more oh, months to go oh of gosh. this drama so someone's gotta like get pregnant murdered gotta die yeah covid's oh. gotta like COVID, there's gotta be there some gastro gonna... bugs gonna yeah. fly around the, the oh, ship fairly soon triangle of sadness style. there's already been a big storm so there's been flooding yeah um, uh, it's absolute chaos and i love it i have a, a fucking question but it's gone off me what was it shit is about the kind of the setup here. Nobody. Oh yeah, the, the staff. I, I I presume the staff have some kind of like, like, can't post things, can't enter oh, the discourse at all. Can yeah, they? I'd imagine because <gasps> we're gonna get some good tell-alls after. Oh yeah, like oh, yeah, all yeah. those staff people better be like, getting agents. Oh yeah, like right now. There's a guy starting who's... the books that they're going to bring out. Yeah, now. now every time you're not on shift, just crank out a few thousand words, and you'll be fucking good to go. Sell it to the highest bidder once you're in dock. You'll be like, what's her name, Gypsy Rose? Yeah. As soon as that your sentence is complete, you want to explode onto the scene. You with want merch. the reveal. Oh my god, they did that so quick. Like the her book is out so quick, it's actually only available as an ebook. Like you cannot get it. It's not published. <laughs> the presses just couldn't do it. Oh, and like... it includes illustrations of her um of her time over prison. I'm gonna I'm gonna dip into it now as soon as we finish up recording here. Yeah, I'm in, interested in you doing this revisit to that story. With yeah. all that we know now. Um so yeah, there's there's bingo cards going around with the Ultimate World cruise of like what is gonna happen. So on the bingo That's card for for the next nine months, you've got mass norovirus, um, weather mishaps, a wedding, lobster style sunburn, brands begin to sponsor passengers, which I think is only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, ship tech problems, port errand runs. Someone goes home early. There's there's talk of people getting off and leaving, but they nobody I don't think has yet. Mass STIs. Um, <laughs> the next big travel creator is gonna be made. Minor mystery to solve. Duty free space. Someone gets left behind. Someone has a mental breakdown. Overboard. Man overboard. 
yeah clicks forming uh knocked up or someone gives birth someone falls off a boat there's got to be someone on it who's pregnant who doesn't realize a hundred percent yeah so someone will probably and there is doctors on board i mean it's a lot it's a few thousand people so they they're gonna have and they do dock and you can get off yeah but it's ultimately the best crack ever um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's just. I have to say their their website is shoddy. Like I keep clicking reserve now, just to see what my options are, and it's not loading. It's overwhelmed with people it's trying to reserve. Overwhelmed with people trying to legger on. So yeah, the flooding is significant now. So <laughs> so it's actually sinking. It's uh, I I think this is just like it's it is the perfect it's the Gen Z Titanic like it uh, is the class. perfect just bit of drama to follow you through because once again when crimes happen to rich people victimless it's fine. <laughs> thank you, Cast, and thank you, dear listeners. Thank if you, you want so more, much, listeners, if you are currently on the <laughs> nine month cruise, cruise, get in touch with us. Please, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 